Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Fairby. Hi, this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 I mean, you, you could see this, Bundy. I'm wearing black um, because uh, we 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 lost in a, in a hockey sense somebody who's meant a lot to the Philadelphia Flyers uh, over the last few years. Um, the Flyers have they've relieved Chuck Fletcher of his duties as president and general manager of the team. Um, some could argue that he wasn't given enough time to uh, to to get his job done. Uh, there there were too many voices that were uh, weighing in on decisions. And, and quite frankly, uh, you know, they, they just gave the man a trade deadline, uh, but they didn't, they didn't let him build for a draft and they, they didn't let him have another off season. Who am I kidding? Oh, yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have our hockey team back, baby. Chuck Fletcher jettisoned into the sun. It's all over. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good. Bye. You know what? I don't. I don't want to steal it like a Jim Cornette line here, but thank you. Fuck you. Bye. That's where we're at. Welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. A day we have been waiting for. Hashtag Fire Fletcher Friday. We are here. We are ready. And somewhere in Florida, he's supposed to call in at some point. We'll get him there. But you don't need him right now. What you need is the reaction, and what you need is to get in those comments. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, send over your questions, comments, and concerns. If you're on Facebook, send over your questions, comments, and concerns. Bundy, it was just like when we did the trade deadline special. We had people in here a half hour before we even started hitting record uh, that were already lining up with questions and comments and concerns. And here's the thing. We need to break down why this happened, why it happened now, why it happened after the trade deadline. There are a few things that very clearly are at hand and Anthony, our dear friend, Anthony Sanfilippo, who you can find on Twitter, at Philly, he put out a very interesting tweet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that up here in a second um, because it, it would certainly appear as though things are not done yet, or at least things are not done in the long term. There, there could be more to this. Um, but before I get there, let me introduce the man to my right. Chris Tarrant, Bundy, how are you doing, you beaut? You you look radiant today. You look rejuvenated. Too, Rusty, I, I wore white today. You wore black. You're more of a funeral. I'm more of a rebirth. I'm a rebirth huh. today. That's the way I'm thinking of it, you know. And um, you know, listen. I mean, nobody nobody in in our job. I mean, likes when anybody gets fired. I mean, but but I mean, does ever anybody more deservedly um, needed to be fired for the job they'd done? It had to be this guy. I mean, I, I, I've just, you know, I was on NHL Network. And I mean, again, I don't, I, don't, I, I hate saying it like this, but I, we've been so brutally honest from the beginning. And I really feel the only way to get through this is with complete and total honesty. And I think that we've done a good job of that. And I think other people have picked up on it. But I think that's the only way to, to, to get through is the, is the honesty with the fans. And I think last week, Russ, uh, I think the trade deadline was the stick that broke the camel's back. It absolutely was. And, and if you think that the fans' voices are not meaningful, um, this was a lesson that if you yell loud enough and if you believe in the things you believe and stand up for them, think their change, you know, the winds of change will, will sweep through. Um, I'm proud, of, I'm proud of, uh, of the fans. I really am. I mean, they've bared, this has been a very, very damaging 
couple of years, uh, two, three, four years. I, I mean, we've gone back. I don't want to go back and, and talk about like Giroux or saying we should have been gone in 2016. He should have been gone in 2016, but he wasn't. Um, but you know what? And that was for the betterment of the franchise. You know, that would have been for player turnover and getting re, re uh, acquiring picks. People, some people will agree with that. Some won't. I don't really care. Um, but this was something that had to happen. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, um, whoever else was involved in this uh, needs to be shown the exit as well. I can't say it any other way I, I, that, on the hockey side. If you were in there and you were making part of these hockey decisions, go. Because this was, this is, I've never, I haven't quite seen anything like this at the top before. I mean, when you're in a situation where you can't even give a guy away at the trade deadline, um, you know, that's, that's mismanagement. And this stuff started a long time ago. You know, I mean, we've talked about the free agency period and, and you know what, Russ, it's not like there's people that talk about it. We talk about it publicly. I come on here and we talk about it as a former player because I broadcast before and I care so much about the fans and this, the crest and, and the vision that Ed Snyder had and what, and what I witnessed over the years. So I, it's, it's hard, but there's other people that know and are well aware of what went on here. It's not like it's like yeah. five people. Everybody knows um, but this was this was the fans last week, I think, on that Saturday town hall um, that I think kind of turned uh, the sides over. And I think what had to happen was uh, I think the business people finally got a hold of Dave and said, Look, we got to we got to make a change here. Like this can't continue. We cannot keep rolling Chuck Fletcher out in the press conferences, getting booed. And and then when you hear him half bullshitting everybody all the time, it's just, it was garbage. Like I didn't really, I think people realized last week when he got called a liar by just about everybody on every podcast and every, every mm-hmm. single media outlet. Yep. It is. Don't come on here and yep. lie to me. The other thing I learned in this is because you at an Ivy league school doesn't mean, you know, Hawk. All right. And that includes yeah. the front office. So, um, no shot there. No shot against the Ivy Leagues, but I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm making a joke. But yeah, yeah. this this is this has been a culmination of things. I think the biggest questions we're going to see, just from me guessing where we're at today, is why wasn't this done before? And I think that that's yeah. the part where someone said to Dave, like, had to acknowledge a mistake. You know, he bet on the wrong horse. It happens. People make mistakes, but it's acknowledging yeah. and trying to clean it up. Is it too late? It's too late for the damage Chuck did, but there is a major uh, cleanup on aisle nine coming. Uh, and the other question is, you know, what what are they going to do moving forward? Is it Danny Briere? Is it someone else? I mean, I don't, you know, people have asked me that this morning and we'll get into that. But I think it's an important thing to talk about is, you know, who's coming in here to steer this ship again? Uh, because it's not just like, I, I'm not going to settle around for, you know, I want to have something in here that, that makes a lot of logical sense. And the fans, like I said, we've said this, they deserve the best. They deserve the opportunity to have the best team on the, on the ice. And even though this has happened, Russ, and I'll turn it back over to you. Um, this is still a long way away, you know? So now, but at least now, if there's an executed plan and something we know that's being put in place, that's going to help. I think that that's what the fans are looking for is a plan, something and, and a trust in somebody that's going to be able to execute that plan and, and know that they're going to be proud of the hockey team that's on the ice again. You know, it's interesting. So uh, there, there are a few things that led to this. I want to get into them in a second, but this is, this is the tweet I was referencing uh, earlier. So Anthony, uh, this morning, tweeted, Danny Briere is the new interim GM of the Flyers as Chuck Fletcher has been fired. I'm told an even bigger change is coming at season's end as the franchise looks to fill several roles. This could mean, or this could well mean a retirement of key individuals at the top. Now, when you say key individuals at the top, um, I, and I'm, I'm going to try to make sure that I don't get Anthony in trouble, there, there are only so many people who sit above 
the president of hockey ops, right? So when you're when you're looking at that, there there are only a few people who he could potentially be talking about. We we could be talking about special advisors. We could be talking about the the Bob Clarks and the Paul Holmgrens and the Bill Barbers of the world going off into the sunset. I don't really know what a retirement in that case looks like. Are we talking about more of the front office staff? Are we going to see Brent Flair moved on from? Are we going to see Hanrahan moved on from? Or could we even be talking about the guy who's overseen this and in in reality has waited far too long in making these decisions? And that's Dave Scott. Could Dave Scott potentially retire at the end of the year? Could Dave Scott possibly move on at the end of the year? What does that look like? Does that create a power vacuum? Who goes into that? Do we see Camillo and Hilferty gunning for that job? No one really knows right now. That That's kind of where we're at, I think. But it's interesting that Anthony pointed that out like he did because it it... I think in a way, and it's it's helpful here, when when you look at this move, getting rid of Chuck Fletcher, I was excited, right? Because I've been banging this drum for 18 months. It's been driving me nuts. And at some point, I almost felt like a horribly obsessed human being. Like, this is the only thing I could think about when it came to the Flyers. Like, I didn't care about talking about, you know, uh, Owen Tippett's latest goal. I didn't really care about seeing if Morgan Frost was going to be a bounce back player or ever live up to the hype. I, I knew that all of it was for naught as long as this guy was still in charge. And so the potential now of not just saying, hey, they're going to remove the guy who everybody hates right now and Chuck Fletcher, but we're going to keep all the cronies in place. We're going to keep all these special advisors in place. Anthony's tweet certainly alludes to the fact that that might be changing. That could potentially be weeks away. That could be months away. But there is a legitimate shot here that we go into the 2023-24 season with a new president of Hockey Ops, we will, a new general manager, probably new assistant general managers. I would assume an overhaul in some way, shape, or form of the scouting department. You could be looking at new coaching staff and and development at the the AHL level. Uh, And by the way, the guy who runs the team might not be a guy at all, right? You could very well see Val Camillo take over in, in Dave Scott's role. You could very well see Dan Hilferty take over uh, in Dave Scott's role. There are a lot of things here that I think have to give fans hope and give them optimism that things are going to change. You, know, you mentioned that there have been a few things. One of them, and I, I, I had somebody reach out from one of the. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to be careful here. I had somebody reach out from one of the two national networks that broadcast games. And they asked, do you have the clip where Chuck allegedly said that they used an app to decide if James Van Riemsdyk trades were fair or not? And it took me a while. I had to go back through all the audio and I eventually found it. I sent over the transcription. But at that point, uh, whichever day that was, hint, hint, I guess, uh, they were working on another video package and there was a late game. So it didn't, it didn't air. But when you talk about what's embarrassing and you talk about how the organization as a whole has taken a hit in hockey circles. There are only a few things that you can really refer to. And I don't know, I'm, I'm hoping that the audio is going to go through here, but like, you tell me if, if you can't hear it or if you can, but let's see. You know, Dave, Dave Scott and Comcast allowed us to put a lot of money into this performance department that they started building out last summer and their analytics department. Uh, they're coming up with some pretty cool things and cool ways of looking at things. The other day, they came up with an app where you can put in, we're going to trade James Van Riemsdyk for this. It spits out based on market value and copper, whether it's virtually or not. Holy fuck. <laughs> so, I, mean, I, 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 and I, 
that's just an absolute. Russ, I hadn't seen that, and I said I would. Oh. swear. what a fucking mess that is! I mean, that yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. You get a pack of bubble gum too if the clock comes out and grabs the ball. <laughs> like what a what is that? What a disgrace that is! I never saw it. They got it. Sit. Now I'm fired up. That is an absolute so, friggin' shit show. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna tell so, hockey so, people. So Ed right on Ed right on the stream here. The app news is insanity. Proves that basically anybody in this chat could be the GM of the Flyers. Buddy, I made the joke on Twitter. There, there are all these times like when you get around a trade deadline, people say, Oh, come on, you can't like that's not a real trade. Stop playing like it's like it's GM mode, right? On NHL 23. This dude, now I get that it's just a oh, tool. I get it. And, like conceptually, like you're you're not building your entire thing around this. But like to go and tout this as if like it was a big thing. Oh my god, go from, like, dude. And, and to tout this thing as if like, oh well, you know what? Cause and this is the thing that I cut out. There, there's a part, the question that leads up to it is the person's a little bit critical and they say like, well, what is going to change if you're still here? Cause you've been here for five years. Like what is going to change? And that's what led to Chuck saying, well, we've got this app. We have this app that tells us if it's, you know, fair market value or not. Now I get the, the need to have a bunch of, uh, uh, tools, but holy hell. Well, they got a bunch of tools. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I've never heard of anything like that. Like, that's having a hockey pulse, like having, you know, there's certain things when you watch it. Like, when I watch a hockey game, the hockey people just have a feel for what's going on. That is a mess. I mean, dude, I don't even know how to fucking begin. I, I say I wasn't going to, so I can't help myself today. I can, I'm well, stunned at that. too late now. We're live. Hold on a minute here. Sorry, uh, so I just go to Google a bit. Hey, Google. Uh, what's good market value for JVR? <laughs> I mean, I I've never I never thought the day would come that we would that we would see an executive of a team like saying that, and and like I know there were some people on Twitter who were like, hey, it's really unfair to go after the guy for this. Like, there's no way that he's just using that as the only tool, and that's fine. I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kick Chuck Fletcher in like the side of his head on his way out the door, but like that was bad. And like that entire season ticket holder town hall was bad. Like it, it was just cluster after cluster after cluster. It was bad answer after bad answer, bad answer. The optics were horrible. And by the way, so here, here's one of the things that um, it's, it's not like a clippable thing. It, it's not a tangible thing that I can give you a number on. But what we do know is that multiple season ticket holders and, and a decent chunk of them over the past month had opted out. Yeah. And we know for a fact from people who were at that season ticket holder town hall that were at least partial season ticket members had opted out prior to going to that. And they were just there to voice their concerns. Um, the, we, we, for a long time, me and you and Ant, we were told that we were being sensationalist. We were told that uh, the, the way that we were approaching talking about this team was over the top. It was unfair. You know, Chuck is doing a good job. And we've said consistently now for quite some time, that ain't, that ain't true. That's not true. You know, you can try to spin it however you want. That's not true. The guy's not doing a good job. He's doing an objectively poor job. Um, and now it's done. And now it's done, Bundy. Um, I, I want to know, ha have you ever seen in your no. sports life? No. A <laughs> I was going to say, have you ever seen an executive that's done – no. The kind of damage to to a team that Chuck has done, yeah, so and been allowed to do for five years. I'll like, let a little, a, I'll let a little cat out of the bag, and I guess I could tell the story now. It's not a story you tell because you know Chuck got hired. But 
when Hextall got fired and they were looking for a GM search, I'm not kidding you. People laugh. I went up to Homer because I didn't know who. I said, where do I put my application in for the GM job? I swear to God, this is like before Chuck. And he looks at me and goes, well, you're not ready for that. And I literally looked at him and said, well, what has this guy done in his career that's earned him the job? Seriously. Like I knew coming in, all you had to do was look at his body of work in Minnesota. And that would have been enough for me. Like if I'm a hiring guy, I look at his body of work. I look at his evaluation of talent through scouting, through his playoff performances and how many, how deep he's gotten, how consistent his team has been. Dude, they were a mess. They were a mess in Minnesota. You know, like, uh, I, I, I mean, Notice that they've rebounded since he left. Yeah, but but Billy, I played with Billy. Garen played hockey. I played with Billy. I know. I mean, he's just he knows his hockey. I'm not saying yeah. Chuck doesn't, but like Chuck, you know, I mean, there's guys that have called me over the years and taken pot shots at Chuck behind his back, like guys that were hockey guys that were ticked off, maybe that they weren't as elevated. But he, he did progress along because of his dad. I mean, let's not fate. Let's not. His dad was a legendary general manager. And uh, made one of the most iconic trades in the history of any franchise in history when the Doug Gilmore trade um, with, between Calgary and Toronto Fle- absolutely fleeced uh, the the, um, the Leafs. And um, and so, you know, I mean, again, and, and, you know, that's kind of the, I guess, the nepotism part of the job. And it happens, especially in hockey. It's not a it's not a huge world. People always say, well, how can people have their friends? Because the hockey world's not that big. And so when you get somebody you trust, you bring them along. That makes sense. Like, I don't people say that. The other thing I, I'm going to say for the last time, and I really am, okay, Bob Clark and Paul Homer don't make any calls over there, okay? They get called in as figureheads. Now, as for Billy, I don't know the, the Billy side of it. I know that he's been like kind of Dave's hockey tutor for the last few years. He's been yeah. he's been one. That's been like a, a that's been ongoing for a while. Bob and Paul can go in that office whenever they want. They're Flyers Hall of Famers. They've been general managers. They've been lifelong hockey people. I have no issue with that at all. And they're not making hockey calls. They're in Florida golfing right now, as a matter of fact. Somebody told me who saw him on a course yesterday. So they're obviously not hot in. I mean, yeah, I guess you could jump on a Zoom. But I, I'm sick and tired of people saying that. Um, they've both been really good people to this organization and always tried to have competitive teams. So I'm not going to really go – I don't want to harp on it anymore, but I'm just telling people get off of that train. Um, yeah. These were Chuck's moves. And the only ones to me that when I look at this team and what's gone on for three years, who's been in the office with him – Who's been endorsing these moves? Who's been pushing back? Who said to him, dude, this is not a move you should make? Like when someone said, hey, we're going to give Sandheim eight years and 50 million, but there's some people I know that were totally on the flight. I don't know about that. But he made, and asking people, that was all Chuck. But what I'm saying too is there's somebody in the office, Russ, you need to have the balls to get in his face and say, no. That's not a move that's going to help this franchise. It's not a move that's going to stabilize us. It's not a move that's going to get people into the building repeatedly. You you can't just go make one blind move after another and throw it all together in a pot. My issue with what went on here, and let me finish. They had no plan. What was the plan? There was zero plan. And then let's, I, I haven't even gotten in. This is like an asteroid hitting Earth, seriously. And then you see all the, the everything that happens afterwards. Not just the asteroid hitting; it's one thing. Then you get everything else going. But who who was behind a lot of this stuff? You know, and there's a lot of things that you have to be on the ball all the time with. And um, and there's a snowball effect. You know, those those contracts that we picked up, Ryan Ellis. Uh, you know, guys that were hurt, like you know, we've had. I know Coots. That's nothing to do. You sign a guy. He'd been here. But man, we're in cap hell, Russ. And I don't give a shit who the GM is. You could have the greatest GM ever. 
you can't get out of this overnight. And unfortunately, the only thing that is going to be able to do it, the best GM the Flyers have right now, unfortunately, is time. And until time wears those contracts off, there's not a whole lot you can do. And by the way, Danny Bear, what's he going to do in April and May? Nothing. March, April, May. There's no moves made. So there, there is something to be said for that. All right. Um, Briere is a guy that this organization has tried to develop for this moment, I guess, has, has tried to develop into a potential successor down the line, is well-liked in the organization. You know, you, you run the risk, obviously, especially with this fan base that, that had felt alienated and had felt kind of left behind and had felt disappointed in their team. You do run the risk that if you were to just anoint Briere as the permanent GM at the end of the season or in, in the summer, that, um, here we go, it's like typical Flyers. They brought in a, a former player, former player is now the GM, God help us, like, let's see where this goes. I don't want to say that Briere can't do a good job. I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. What he was doing down in the ECHL was more of a president of hockey ops kind of role, more so than a general manager's role. So I, I almost would say perhaps it makes more sense to endorse Danny Briere as a president of hockey ops candidate than as a GM. I'm not saying that they should, but just based on his prior experience, that's more in line with what he had done. The, the issue, and, and I, I'm a little bit fearful, but I want to go toe-to-toe with you on this one. And at some point, if Anthony is still alive in Florida and joins us, he can, he can weigh in too. I, I can't help but feel like what's, what the, the short path here is that they're going to get to the end of the, the season. They're going to make some of the changes up top. Whoever is installed in whatever those roles are, and, and this is all very hypothetical, if, if Dave Scott is gone at, you know, in the offseason or whatever. If one of those people like Danny Briere and Danny's here, that's fine. Danny and Tortorella have a good relationship. Tortorella has spoken very highly of Danny Briere. To me, that's a very linear path. I don't know if it's the right path, but it, it seems to be the easiest path for them to follow. And maybe you you sit back and you say, we're going to let Danny and Torts do this thing for two years, three years, see where it takes us. And, and I'm not saying it's a bad path, but it's not a very inventive path. And there's part of me that thinks whoever takes over at the top and starts to fill these roles needs to give whoever the executive that is hired as the president of hockey ops, the autonomy to make a decision on the coach as well. Because the worst thing you can do if you're an organization is be on the hunt for a president of hockey ops, basketball ops, football ops, whatever, and say, you have to keep this coach. You inherently limit your potential pool of candidates. I don't know what the best way to go is. Do you think that whoever is brought in should get to have a say on torts? Or has torts done enough that he should stay regardless? Like, where are you at? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And, I, you know, one I hadn't thought about. I just figure like torts had come in and, and he's going to get, you know, whoever the GM is, is I mean, they, they're paying him a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, to re- relieve him of his duties after one year, uh, to me, just isn't happening. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one, though. But I, I will say one thing. Um, you need a, you will need a GM. If you got a torch, you're going to have to have a GM with some balls and some pushback. Mm-hmm. Like somebody that's going to be like, all right, good. Coach the team. I'll handle the, what I'm doing up here. But you coach the team. And But uh, here's, here's, but here's where you're at. And I, I, I've seen a little bit of it lately. And I think probably most people have, too. It seems like Torts is starting to kind of talk about the 
the personnel, what they're able to do and not do. He sounds more like a GM some nights post game than he does a coach. And so it sure seems just watching and I've been around a while that he looks like he may want to take a personnel um, role in this as well, like decision. So, but again, you know, that's the part where if you got a softer type of GM, the torch will walk on you. If you have a GM that's very strong in, in his conviction and his belief, um, then, then that's two totally different relationships. You know, there's one where you can bring torts in if you want that. I don't know if, if I'm a GM, if I want that, but if you yeah. provide the GM there, if you put a GM in place, it's going to, that that's going to happen with, then you got to change a, a different changing relationship. So I, I don't know what they're going to do there. Torts has been pretty adamant and pretty candid by the way he's bench guys, sat guys out, um, that he's trying to do things his way and trying to make a point to either management or upper management, whoever, that I'm really not happy with some of the guys that you see as the future of this team. And I'm going to go out of my way to prove that point, to show you that. That's why I thought there was a, a disconnect with Chuck and Torts. When he would go after these top like guys that were perceived, whether whether you like them or not, doesn't matter. I mean, everybody, you know, it's not their fault. They're in the league. but when, And certainly not Sandheim's fault. Someone gave him eight, eight years. Yeah, that's good for him. Um but Farabee was a deal. They didn't need to do that. There was no need to make that deal at the time. There wasn't. Um, and, and now when you hear Torts talking, there's, there's more of an active role in, in, in him trying to show this is not my move. And it's kind of me showing everybody I don't like it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to relegate them to the bench like a seventh defenseman or a fourth liner. And, um, and that's what he's done repeatedly. Repeatedly. Yeah. You know, there, there's another element to this that I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by. And I, I will just, uh, I wanted to say this when Anthony was on, but, uh, there, there is one person who's employed by the team who has a level of petty that I legitimately respect. And that's all I'll say about it. But there, there's something that was reported that I was, I was very interested by. I was interested by the dissemination of information. I'll, I'll go. I'll go as far as to say this: We have not heard from Dave Scott for almost a year, if I remember correctly. I don't think we heard from him since the off season. Perhaps I think um, they make the decision to move on from Chuck Fletcher, who's been in power for almost five years. They they fired their president of hockey ops and GM, and Dave Scott did not come out and do a press conference. Dave Scott put out a press release. But the press release didn't go to all of the press. It went to the Philadelphia Inquirer alone, which I haven't seen before. Maybe it has happened before, and I've just missed it. But um, I find it kind of staggering. And it also makes me wonder if Anthony's tweet from earlier today about there being potential bigger moves going forward, this could perhaps lend some credence to that. Because... If you are Dave Scott, you are now also not a very popular guy with this fan base. And this is the tweet I'm referencing. But if if you look at it, the, the fans, I don't know if you saw this or not, Bundy, the fans were actually planning a protest on Saturday at the Broad Street Bullies Pub. I guess that's Xfinity Live. And I got the feeling that there were going to be a lot of angry Flyers fans there. I don't know if this is to try to tamp down some of the anger and the vitriol 
if the organization didn't want to have another black eye from another misstep. But I don't think it's a great look for this organization that the guy who runs the show, who is at the top of the totem pole, is MIA. It almost makes me think this is a quiet way for him to make a move to satiate the fans, and then we might never hear from Dave Scott again. It's just strange. I think the whole thing is is honestly kind of weird. You know what? I, I At this point, Russ, I don't care who the messenger is. Uh, the team is on a road trip. Maybe Dave's out of town, but I mean... Yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of people saying a lot of things about the timing of this. I agree. I mean, it's like, why did they allow them to have the trade deadline? That's the biggest thing I'm getting, even from national pundits when they've had talked just a few, just within a couple hours this morning. That seems to be the biggest one. Like, how was he allowed to maneuver through that? Um, it's just, I, I don't know. But you know what? Yeah. It's done. Um, it, I yeah. don't, that part is done. I think there's still a lot more piece, uh, dominoes are going to fall. I have a feeling. I mean, they just can't. Um, um, I, I just can't see in, in, in any way, shape, or form that this is not going to be a complete overhaul. Uh, I think they have to. And, and, you know, again, and then I think Chuck talking as well last week, Russ, about the rebuilding part, like, and then not doing anything. You know, when you when you say you're going to rebuild or you're going to start rebuilding and we have to accept what it is, I mean, you start making moves right away. Yeah. You know, like the next, like the next hour. So There's a comment that I'm going to show you and your head's going to blow off. Are you ready? I, part of it's going to make your head pop off. The other part you might be okay with. Here we go. Anthony DeGrazio checks in. Friedman and Merrick uh, mentioned Pronger and Lindros. So that's something to keep an eye on. Has to be some smoke there. And Lindros has been involved uh, in the past few years. Pronger and Lindros as potential candidates. I don't know if that's candidates for hockey ops, if that's candidates for GM. One of those guys has served in a personnel role, Pronger. Uh, if, if we're going to talk about, like, which of those two guys do I think has the, the balls to stand up to Tortorella, well, I'd probably say it's Pronger. Um, but I don't know if either of those guys are the right call. I, I mean, what is Eric? Uh, What's he done in the NHL? I don't I don't know. Well, he's he's, anything, I mean, he's been, right? yeah, I mean, he hasn't been around. I mean, if you could ask him to name five players on Money Team, I don't know if he'll be able to do that. I don't know that, but I mean, he's not, hasn't worked with the hockey side. Maybe he shows up in the rink, but that's not working with the hockey side. Pronger's been around. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I mean, Pronger would make sense, I guess. Um, but I don't, I don't know, like Eric, if I don't know what he knows about GM job. I mean, you got to be yeah. around, it, like, you got to be pulling these names all day long, you know? So I don't, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting, so, again, it's like Breer. I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen any sample size. Like, I don't, there's nothing I can tell you. Um, except Eric's not like this guy here. I don't, I don't even know what he knows about hockey in the current league. Like, I have no idea. So I don't know what everyone's talking about, if that's what they're thinking. Um, I guess he's as viable as any of the next guy, if that's what they're looking at. But Steven checks in and says, Pronger did pro scouting, was part of player safety. I Let me, all right, so let me throw this idea to you. What about, uh, this, is, this is all nonsense, right? Because none of this is confirmed. We haven't talked to anybody about this possibility. If, if the organization really likes Danny Briere, say Camillo or Hilferty replaced Dave Scott. All of this is predicated on, I hate to say this, but if Dave Scott's going to still be here next year, shit ain't changing. All right. Like status quo for the most part, they're going to change GM. They'll change president of hockey ops, but like, I don't know how much of this really changes. If there's a change, if Briere is somebody that this organization identifies as being somebody, they want to be a figurehead. They want him to be the GM or they want him to be president of hockey ops. 
is there a scenario where you say, all right, well, maybe, maybe Danny's the GM and Pronger is brought in to be the president of hockey ops? Why? I don't know. That's what people are asking in the comments. No, so I'm throwing it know. to you. Why would, why? Yeah, I, I just don't know why. Like, why, why is it not someone else? Maybe they have to really go outside the, the you know, like do an overhaul outside. I mean, why is, I don't know. It's like you say anybody, you could say anybody would be good. And I'll be like, okay, well, why? Cause he looks yeah. nice. He's got good glasses. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what the hell that, that has anything to do with it. I mean, I know yeah. Eric has not had anything to do with any player in this league since he retired. So, I mean, that doesn't make sense. Pronger has been around. I think he's been in Florida, um, been a hockey yeah. guy, you know, he's been around certain teams, but I, again, I just don't know, Russ. I don't know. But boy, if Friedman and Merrick said it, it must be true. <laughs> you know, like, as long right. as they don't delete their tweets about uh, JVR trades. Right. Um, so I guess one other interesting note on this. So Chuck, Chuck is gone. And um, what I want people to do right now in the comments, and we'll maybe pick a few out uh, and read. I want people to be honest about this, okay? No, no being sarcastic, you, you salty sallies out there. I want people to drop in the comments. What is your number one memory of Chuck Fletcher as the president and GM of Hockey Ops? I just want to. I just want to know. Drop it in the comments if you're on Facebook or if you're on YouTube. There's a, what's your number one memory of Chuck Fletcher's tenure here uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers? It just I, I, happened I'm, for I'm, me just 20 minutes ago. <laughs> with that that app thing, dude. That's it. That was it for me. I heard. I thought we were joking. Like, I thought Kenny, somebody, Kenny like, Chuck. that was a skit, like, you'd put on a Saturday Night Live. He was serious. Kenny, yeah, Kenny says getting fired. Um, Ed Wright says that he was the worst talent evaluator he's ever seen in the NHL. Worst, in a sense, is a superlative. So, Ed, with a little bit of positivity, uh, a little positivity there. Mitch on YouTube says bad contracts. AOB mentions, this was all, an all-timer quote, because he said it this trade deadline, but he also said it last trade deadline, when he also did little to nothing. Making trades is hard. You need a dance partner. You can't just make a trade on your own. Uh, here we go. Colin said the same thing. Making trades is hard. Um, a mess of mediocrity. The Risto trade and signing. Yeah. Uh, the Sanheim contract was the nail in the coffin for me, says Anthony. I, I, that, that to me, Bundy, was the moment that we knew this was screwed. Like, I think we knew that going into the season anyway. But... Chuck Fletcher had gone out and said, we're, we're excited to have Torts come in and evaluate these players and see which players will be part of the future going forward. And then he signed Travis Sanheim to an eight-year deal before Tortorella had the chance to coach him through a regular season or, or through like a month of the regular season. Chuck was just like, nah, we like him. He's good. He's good. Trust us. Trust us. He's fine. He's fine. It's like that fringe person, like the friend of a friend who goes with you on like a Saturday night and you're like, I don't know this guy. Are we sure about it? No, no, he's fine. He's fine. Cool. He, he, he's good. Trust me. Trust me. He's weird. Very strange. Uh, let's see. Paying to get rid of Ghost, which we still haven't seen. I don't think we've seen another GM make that same kind of move with a second round pick, right? Uh, in, in the time since where he attached two picks just to get off of Ghost's well, contract, I, which you killed him for I, I when it happened. I thought I was, that was another one for me where I, I looked and I'm like, holy shit, we got a second rounder for Ghost. And I think it was Anthony goes, no, no, read it again, Bundy. I, literally, dude, I got tongue-tied, which is really hard to do to me. And I was mm -hmm. sitting there saying, like, holy fuck. We actually gave a high pick to dump a contract. Like, it, and we've kind of 
we're kind of like living in the same land anyway. Like you may as well just been better off hanging on to him in hindsight. Like he wasn't going to do anything more, you know, or less than he was at the time. So I don't, I, for me, I'm going to go with the app comment uh, that just happened. Thank God I didn't hear that six months ago because I would have literally railed every, if I heard that, like it was like a video game, dude. It was like one of those Nintendo switches. Hey, uh, <laughs> what can I get for JVR today? Fair market value, please. Currently there yep. is no value for JVR. Guys, we can't yep. trade them. The machine just said so. <laughs> uh, I hate to tell you this, boss, but um, NHL 23 says it's an unfair trade, so we should not execute that. Uh, um, here we go. Cool Adam says, we're retooling, Charlie. That was that was the comment, uh, I believe. It was, in, it was around season ticket holder time last year, and then it was reiterated again in the summer. By the way, dude, I don't even know. I, how much of the season ticket holder thing did you hear? I the, just the, some of the video, like people were sending me random videos. And I'm like, oh, my okay. God. I mean, it's like when you start booing poor little Coatsy there. I mean, that guy wouldn't know what a boo is anyway. As I tell him anyway, I said, you actually had to play. Oh, to, folks. You had folks, to play to get classy. Booed. Keep it classy. Keep it classy. I told Coatsy. I said to Coatsy, you actually had to play to get booed. But congratulations. It took you 50 years. You finally got it. <laughs> <laughs> the um, Here, I, 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 want, I want you to hear this because I don't know if you've heard this. So I, I had you really fired up about the other clip. Here's another clip, okay? This is uh, a question that was asked by one of our listeners. One of the Snow the Goalie listeners went to the season ticket holder town hall. And she, she had a great question. And a big part of it was, why should people continue to spend money on this team, given the product you're putting on the ice, when they could just as easily spend that money on the Sixers or spend that money across the street on the Phillies or the Eagles? And um, Chuck. Twenty-two, whatever the middle of last season, this whole season. Uh, he's probably excluded comments. That's why she didn't say aggressive retooling and this and that. I will say at the time we thought that Terbier and Ellis uh, would be hockey players for us again. I'm gonna go back to that. I think it was right there. Just say aggressive retooling and this and that. I will say at the time we thought that Terbier and Ellis would be. This guy came out and said, admitted publicly that saying aggressive retool was probably a stupid comment and then went on to say that the idea of calling it a rebuild scared him. Guess what, buddy? You don't have to be scared anymore because you got fired. You out of here. Yeah, but, but you know, like, I, but again, like, I don't crazy. know what he was looking at because even guys like us last year, like, I, dude, I've been saying it for, okay. I'm going to take people through what I've watched, okay? And I'm going right back into the 2015, okay? And I've said it. And let me tell you how we ended up here, okay? The Hextall thing, there was some stuff that went on beyond even hockey moves, okay, that I don't even want to get into. He gets fired. They bring in Chuck, okay? So when you bring in Chuck, there's a lot of different things that went on. And I think at that time there had to be – they needed to start doing a full overhaul of the team then to be visionary enough to say, okay, 2016, maybe we made the playoffs. But, man, I'm seeing, like, a, a decline, right? Like, it's starting to sled down. We're in, we're out, we're in, we're out every other year. That is not a formula that's going to make your fans happy. And so I even and I kept telling people, I said it to others, I said, they need to start redoing this. How do you do it? You get rid of Giroux. That's the guy you get rid of right away in 2017. He'd been here since 2008. We'd had enough sample size of what exactly I was going to look like. Yes, he's a point producer. He's a power play specialist. How deep did he get you in the playoffs? All right. I know it hurts to hear that. 
uh, when other guys that were stars on their team did it and carried their teams. That's the reality of the sport, okay? It didn't happen here. So you need to take that guy at the time and you need to start shopping it really slowly. And that's where your retool begins. Getting rid of the best player you had at the time for the betterment of the franchise and it never happened. So Chuck came in here and he said, you know what? Oh, remember, oh, the cupboard's full. Everything's full. It's great. Bullshit. It wasn't full. And the people that were honest about it, no one listened to them. No one said it. But this is a team, and I'm telling you, there's coaches in here that knew that there had to be stuff that happened long ago. And as and what happened? So they went out and they get free agents. One after another, Chuck trots in these free agents, highly paid, ineffective, can't play, hurt, whatever it was. This stuff went on and on and on. Then we end up getting in where we're giving away a bunch of first-round picks for guys that were 6th, 7th defensemen, 5th, 6th, 7th defensemen, extending them for five years, right? Under his watch, getting no free agents in the summer, zero, except the guy who's a fourth line tough guy, who, by the way, has done a good job this year, you know, for what he is. Mm -hmm. Not taking a shot at Deloria. He's been fine. All right. There's been no vision. There's been no plan. All right. Everybody dumps on the guy for for not getting Goudreau. People want to hear this. I don't want Goudreau here. We'd still have the same team with him here, except another $9 million going into the dumper over the next eight years anyway. These are the cold, hard truths about the hockey department. And somebody needed to go in there with the balls or something to say, hey, this didn't work. It's not working. And f- But five or six years ago. You know what? Because the little train that's trotting along, it's good until it's not good. And then the fans see it. They see it for what it is. And then it's too late. I'm telling you right now, there's been a lot of good changes that they've tried to do over at that building on the business side. They heard people last year talking. And we were saying the hockey side, let's give them a chance. When I started this a couple years ago with you guys. But you know what? Everything actually did the 180. The business side started listening and trying to do better things in the building. And the hockey side faltered beyond words that I can't even explain. Mismanaged salary caps. Mismanaged acquisitions. Bad trades. Bad drafts. And you know what you end up with? You end up exactly where we are right now. And you know what? It's going to take time to get it. It's going to take a collective effort. And I'm telling you, the fans right now, the one thing I'm asking, because I love this franchise, I do. I care so much about it. Stick with it. Give it a chance, even through the hard times, because it's you guys and your passion that I do believe got uh, got a result in this. So make sure you stick with it. There's going to be some pain ahead. But as long as we acknowledge that we're going to go through this together and somebody's going to try to do it right, we have to stand together here, guys. And you know what? Because this, this franchise is too important, it's too valuable, and it's too critical to the, to the culture of Philadelphia. It deserved far better than it got. It 100% did. And it deserves, far, it deserves much, much more uh, good things to come in the future. We haven't seen it lately, but, man, I'll tell you what, the fans – You guys did your part. Keep doing it. Keep the belief up. It's going to take some time, but every team goes through it. And at the end of the day, we're hoping that we become the Chicago Blackhawks or the Colorado Avalanche or the Tampa Bay Lightning. But that's what it's going to take. That is what it's going to take. It's going to take some patience. But support the team. Support where they're at right now. They're trying to make changes. I'm seeing it. And even as pissed off as what I've just watched, Russ, and people that are listening and hearing me, I do believe that there's going to be better days ahead. I do believe that. I have to believe that. This has been this franchise has been part of my life. It has. It's been and I love it as much as anything. And the fans in this town, I've expressed that over the years. But man, I'll tell you what. Somebody did something finally right today. There's a new era upon us, whatever that is. 
And I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to stand up and, and I'm going to stand with the fans on this because you guys did an unbelievable thing. But it's going to take a collective group moving forward to continue voicing things that we see and to keep making things better. That's really good. You know what? That sounds like a man who uh, might put his resume back I'm in. Not. For, uh, I, I don't, the I, I, I'm doing great things in my, in, in the world, like helping people with my dick. That's what I love. I you love, are. I stay yes. doing this because I have passion for the sport when I broadcast it. Um, and, and, and you know what? The fans deserve to hear the truth. You know what? And I, and I'll be honest with you, Russ, not a lot of people stood up for two years and said, this is what's going on. We did. And I'm proud of that. You know, like I've been a guy that's never bullshitted any time in my life. You know, I've, I've been a, a man of integrity. I say when I call something, I say what it is. And um, and this is exactly um, what has to what had to be said. You know, Chuck had to be as honest as someone like me was and say, we need to get this right. It's not. We need to we need to really figure out. Don't tell me about analytics. Either you got an eye for the game, ultimately, because I'm telling you one thing right now. Steve Eisenman watching him in that box in Tampa the other night, or in Detroit when they came here. I know they lost. The Flyers played a good game. You know what? He can, you can give him analytics sheets, and he'll look at them, as I would, or any other person is. But it's a hockey eye. It's that knowledge of what person carries character-wise, what you have in your, in your soul, and, and when you go out in the ice, and the passion you have, and the compete level you put in. That's what makes a hockey player. It's not all these analytics stuff and, you know, who does this and that. Some of it means stuff that it does mean uh, um, uh, you get a perspective. You get to see a little bit more outside of what the eye does, and that's fine. But, man, I'll tell you what, you can't go around with with little fucking machines and stuff telling you what's going to trade you this or, or you know, coming out and, and, and signing guys to contracts that are insane that you box your team in for years. I mean, this, is, this, is, this is, needs a complete overhaul, and I'm telling you, whoever comes in here right now, this is not, this is a, you're trying to um, addition by subtraction at this point. Uh, uh, good luck. Anyone needs help, give me a call. And, and there, <laughs> therein lies, day. by the way, <laughs> there, therein lies part of the problem. And I don't want to take this negative. So we'll, we'll kind of, you know, nip it in the, but this is part of the problem with waiting so long to make this move. I, I haven't even, and we haven't even really talked about the fact that that was a missed trade deadline. You know, if, if there was an, any idea that they were going to do this, which is why I think you're right about the fans really were behind this. The fans, the fans really, did this. They finally, did. What, the fans are what broke the, mm -hmm. the the back here because between a protest, between the season ticket holder meeting going kind of, uh, I, I don't know if we'd say hostile. I mean, in some ways it was a little bit hostile. Um, the the fact that people aren't showing up, you know, like the business side has done a really good job of filling the the, the arena. But like at the same time, it's not, one, quite the one, same more thing, good one more thing, one more thing, I know one more thing that did this, and you do too. There's one event that happened. I went nuts last week. There's one event that happened that I think absolutely made the, everybody go insane. It made me crazy. You know what it is. Go ahead. It happened last week at the Wells Fargo Center. When the Ranger fans came in there and they 70 30 that Wells Fargo Center. Dude, I've seen Ranger fans. I got news for you. They're a bunch of, they're, they're clowns, but they were just enough clowns to jump up here, up 95 miles up the turnpike to go into the Wells Fargo Center and take over our building. You know, I go to the garden, they hardly cheer. Seriously, it was like one of the quietest buildings in the league when I played there at the garden. But they, that, that made people, I think there's people that that made absolutely insane. And uh, it made me nuts. It's nuts. Because I go to their building. Sorry, I'll, I'll tell New York. I'm, I'm sure if a Ranger fan hears me, I played in your building. You're not loud. You're a bunch of phony fans. You're not. You're fucking phony. And you come in here to this fucking building and you cheer loud. Because you know what? You can't make noise in your own building. All right? That's right. That's the truth. That's right.
That's right. Um, I think the last thing, last thing on Where's this. Anthony? <laughs> so I'm not going to read his text. I don't know if you've read his text. I'm sitting here just trying to make sure he's okay. He didn't die, you know, like a, an alligator didn't jump out of the water and eat him in Florida. Make sure he's, you know, done rubbing uh, Ranger Suarez's back in the clubhouse or whatever. Like, I just wanted to know where he's at because he told us he was going to be here. And he, 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 he had at me there, Bundy. I might have to put you, I might have to sick you on. A, a <laughs> yeah. um, he's baseball right here's, now. He's baseball. Here's, here's the one thing that I guess uh, people have the right to wonder about. And I don't know how you do it. Okay. There was a comment here and I, I might've lost it now. Um, it was, it was about the draft coming up and it was about the fact that, you know, for, for better or worse, Chuck doing what he did by not letting this team bottom out is a, a real issue and it has long-term issues. And the biggest potential problem is that because Chuck was in self-preservation mode and because Tortorella raises your floor so much that there is a legitimate chance that you have now fallen too far out of the potential to get Connor Bedard. Let me posit this to you. In a scenario where Danny Briere is the interim GM and whoever might take over at the top is going to roll with him or it's been communicated that like, don't screw this up, this will be your job. Could we potentially see a scenario where Danny Briere does what Tortorella had advocated for, which was sending down some of the better prospects, they don't get any NHL time, send them down to the AHL to do that, that run towards the playoffs. And do we see Briere push the notion of it's a new chapter and so we're going to play some younger players or some AHL players that maybe aren't the top prospects. We're going to we're going to try to get a better look here. You know, now that there's a new set of eyes evaluating this thing, we're going to try to get some different players a look at the NHL level. I guess what I'm trying to say is is are we now in a more likely scenario, especially with a tough schedule coming up, that the Flyers do tank? They don't call it a tank and, and they they do it they do it in a you know in in a respectable way. But as you and I have agreed a million times, you don't ask players to tank because they'll never do it. But as the GM, you could provide the coach the players that aren't good enough to win. Are we are we potentially, Bundy, gonna see a last, you know, 16 games here where the Flyers aren't fielding their best team and perhaps do get themselves back into that sweepstakes at the top, top three, top four. What do you think? I think they've been doing a pretty good job of trying to tank as it is lately anyhow. I mean, you can't go every night, Russ, lose. Like you're going to – the league is just not good enough where someone's not going to show up some night where you're actually going to win a game. Like Detroit came in here, was it Sunday? They lost a terrible game the night before. You figure, oh, they're going to play better. They're playing the Flyers. But the Flyers won. I mean, what do you want them to do? They've lost this week. They lost to the Rangers. I know they got that valuable point that you don't want to see in overtime. But they just lost to the Lightning. They just lost to the Hurricanes. Um, you know, and they got some tough games coming up, just looking at their schedule off the top of my head. But, I mean, that, so then... That Penguins, so, home against Vegas, yeah. Buffalo, Carolina, Florida, Minnesota, Detroit, I don't Montreal, you, Ottawa. Yeah. I don't know what you can like, do there, Russ, because what you what you have... The problem is, is the cap does that, where you can't just sit yeah. a guy. So, unless you want to go up and you know, say to Sanheim and three other guys making that too much money, hey, by the way, uh, you guys are injured now long-term, and... Uh, We'll catch you later. We're gonna call up some guys. They don't. They don't have to do that. Um, I, I just don't. I don't think Russ that they're gonna be able to get 
to the floor where you get the the ping pong ball for I guess you can get lucky again. I mean, Hextall got lucky with Nolan Patrick. Um, and you know, I mean, you leave it to the draw of, of, of the, you know, the gods, uh, the luck gods, but I mean, at the same time, um, if you can get one of those, like somebody actually just, I just saw at the bottom, I th- apparently there's three picks, maybe four that are really good top three or can't miss type of four. players Four, four yeah, four are really so, good. You know, again, I, you know, how do you, how do you get to that? You don't have assets to trade. You don't have any draft capital to give to even climb back up from where you are. So let's say you're picking sixth. I mean, if those are the, so, and and here's the other problem now, if you're in, you need to earn your way into that bottom four of the, of the draft, you need to fall into it and make sure you're safely secured in it because those four teams are probably going to keep those guys unless they got lucky and made a trade with a team that left an un, top 10 unprotected in, in the, uh, in the draft. And then you end up getting a great team with another high draft pick. But I, I don't, I just don't know how you're going to fill it with kids at this point. Um, you know, and how, how you're going to make it better. I mean, here's, so here's where your, uh, your draft so simulator. Here, yeah. Here's where they're at right now. I'm going to zoom in on this a little bit for, for your eyes. Yeah. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> so Columbus and San Jose are uncatchable, uh, likely. Chicago, uh, also in that realm. So is Anaheim. So the Flyers are, are eight points off of Anaheim's pace, right? Um, points percentage for the Flyers is a lot higher. Not, not ideal. Could they potentially uh, get behind Arizona and into that fifth spot? Yeah, they, they probably could. There are enough games here. Like I, I, I know that nobody thinks that there's a chance or very few people think there's a chance it can happen. But if you go on an extended losing streak here, you have like two seven-game losing streaks or a five and a six or something. Like there is a path here that like things could get very interesting. Don't see Columbus starting to win games or San Jose or Chicago. Anaheim. I don't, I don't Anaheim's know. the Maybe worst I, team I've seen in hockey this year. I don't care where their standings are. I know it doesn't say that. They're absolutely like yeah. just brutal. Um, so yeah, it's so going to be, it's, it's be hard. But remember, those teams aren't going to want to win either, right? They're going to do the same exactly. thing. It's yeah. almost like being first overall and you're trying to hold that spot. It's the same thing in reverse now. Nobody's going to say it, but they're going to be thinking it. I have really good news for people, by the way. Um, I don't think we're betraying anybody's confidence with this. And if we are, it's Anthony's fault because he's not here. Uh, There were people in this organization who, when presented with the possibility of Mishkov falling, Mishkov is the the Russian who might take two years to come over, right? There's the war, uh, he's under contract. There are multiple people of importance who believed that if presented the option, say the Flyers were sitting there at six or seven and Mishkov had fallen, to six or seven that Chuck Fletcher and Brent Flair and maybe some other people in that front office, but especially Chuck did not want to have to be presented with the option of potentially having to draft Mishkov because there's a good chance that he would have passed on him to give you an idea. This rebuild needs high end talent. This rebuild doesn't need fringe players. This team doesn't need a second pair defenseman that you develop down the line. It doesn't need a top six forward that really is like a tweener between the second and third line. Mishkov, it appears, and it's hard. It's hard to to make these projections, right? But he looks like a stud. And if it weren't for the fact that it could take two years or so for him to come over, he, he could have been in contention for the top pick or at least the lock for the number two pick. The fact that Chuck Fletcher 
would have honestly sat down and said, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can take that guy. Why don't I just take this other guy? How about this guy from Minnesota? I don't know who's from Minnesota, but I, I assume there would be somebody in the first round. First round grade, according to the app that would have been from uh, Minnesota. I, I have to say, Bundy, we can at least rest assured that if this team does jump in the lottery for the first pick or for the second pick, because remember, lottery for the top two picks, if they were to jump, you're in good shape. Even if they weren't, and you go in that inverse order that we talked about a couple of episodes ago, if Mishkov does fall, any GM with a brain is going to pick him up. They're going to have to. And especially a GM who is at the start of their tenure is going to take it. That might not be a, a role that you can take if you're in your third year as a GM and, and things are starting to turn and you really need to turn things around. But if you're in the first year of a rebuild and you swing for the fences with a kid that legitimately looks like he could be a stud and you have to wait for him, I think you're going to be allowed the latitude. And I think the fans are going to give you the latitude to do it. Playing it safe with a top four pick, a top five pick, and then saying, ah, you know what? Not worth the risk. That doesn't get it done. That's exactly how you end up in the kind of mess that this team is in. So um, I thought we'd give people a little bit of good news on that front before we uh, we head out here. Is there yeah. anything you wanted to hit on uh, as we uh, – do you have final words, Bundy? You had some impassioned uh, you know, moments on this episode. Well, we're passionate we're sports down, Russ. Excited. We're passionate people. We're passionate Flyers guys. And, uh, you know, I played here. I was afforded the beautiful opportunity of coming to this town. And you know what? I love it. And I'm passionate like the fans now, but out of the game a long time in terms of a player. But I feel it. You know, I go down to the games and I love seeing the fans. And you know what? I, this is, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a new era upon us. And certainly it's going to take some time. But, um, you know, again, like what I asked for, just be patient right now. And let's just, you know, if it's Danny, we'll give him a chance. Um, you know, and, and if there's more dominoes to fall, we'll see what those are. But, you know, I actually give Dave Scott, like, I, I know people say, why didn't you do it last year? And it's ridiculous. But somebody had to pull the trigger at some point, And it just felt like this was getting to a, to a point where, you know, the, the damage was too far uh, into, you know, into where we, we were into the damaged uh, land and that we had to keep this going. We couldn't, it could not continue like this. I mean, and I'll tell you what, that's, that's Philadelphia sports, man. It's, it's getting stuff done. <laughs> it's, it's I, cool. I wanted, I wanted you to see this really quick before we head out. Yep. Uh, Alexa. Who do I draft? Oh, <laughs> right. If Fletcher were here, run in the uh, run in the draft. All right. Listen, uh, a huge thank you as always, to everybody who who checked out. I I, I do want to let people know we're in the process of figuring some things out programming wise with the show. We've had a lot of really good interaction. I I honestly miss doing the live show that we used to do during press row. This is pre pre Bundy days. That when Anthony and I would do the pregame and do the intermissions. This is back when Bundy was on TV and like that show was good. But um, have to have to say we we miss we miss doing this kind of thing, and it it is hard. Bundy's out there, you know, saving people's lives with recovery, right? He's got a packed schedule. We're working on it. We're figuring it out. But I, I do think that there clearly is an appetite. Here we are with over three hundred people at any given time over the course of an hour, not dropping below a certain number. People are hungry for information about this team. They're hungry for news about this team. It's almost, in a way, Bundy, I think it's a testament to the Flyers fans as a whole that despite the fact that this team has been effectively run into the ground on a hockey ops side, there are people who still come back and care. And while some might have abandoned their season ticket uh, their season tickets, and while some might feel like, you know, anybody who's given this team their money in any way is, you know, part of the problem, all that. One thing that unites all of these people is they care about the team. Yeah. And even those who have fallen into apathy over the last year, 
Today is kind of like the reawakening of those people. Yes, there are still moves that need to be made. Yes, there are potential bigger dominoes to fall. But for once, for maybe the first time in two years, three years, there's actually a little bit of light. Yeah. And now people can believe again that their team is coming back. Yeah. You said earlier, and you've said it before, business ops this year especially has really turned things around. They have. Has they made have. an effort, has, mm -hmm. has made a huge effort. Yes, they that's, have. Uh, that's Val Camillo, right? So that, that Actually, that's I'm going to give an applause. They have really transformed the in-game experience. And you know what? And I don't know, if, I'm not going to say they listened, Russ, but I'll tell you what, I've enjoyed the experience down there. It, and I've said it before. I'm not. I'm not going to bullshit anybody. I've had good nights down at the Flyers games this year. It's been fun, and the fans have been great. And you know what? I'll, I'll say it before. And again, I couldn't be more proud of this fan base. They've gone through a lot, but as I said, Russ, many times they are the beating heart of this franchise. Yep. Snyder knew that for years. The players always recognized it. You are the beating heart of Philadelphia Flyers hockey, and you showed everybody really who you are. And so, I, but I'm telling you, stay with us. Just stay with us. I'm asking you, I'm going to do it. I'm going to help whoever's in there. And I'm asking you guys as fans to do the same thing because I know you care as much as I do and Russ and, and Anthony does. So um, there's, there's winds of change today, Russ. I feel like doing a little Irish jig right now, like some of those fans right there. I know they're out there doing it. I love that. Um, there's something that, that came across here. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I don't, um, I, I need to be careful here, Bundy. I, 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 I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off on what was sent my way. Um, I will say this. Obviously, you know where to find us. If you listen to the podcast, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, we're on Google Podcasts. We're everywhere that you get your podcasts. Of course, you can find um, Snow the Goalie wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us, and this is another important thing to note, um, you can find us over on uh, YouTube. Now, of course, we do the YouTube channel, uh, the YouTube channels uh, Crossing Broad, but I do want to point out to people that we're in the process of creating a new uh, YouTube channel as well. If you look for it, um, you should be able to find the Snow the Goalie channel. I know that if you do youtube.com slash at Snow the Goalie, you'll find that one as well. Okay. If you want to subscribe and you know hit the bell or whatever so that you're notified when we do things, I think we're going to move a lot of the live stream stuff that we do over to that channel. And over time, we're going to kind of migrate and do our, our own thing on the Snow the Goalie channel. Um, but, you know, big thank you to everybody who, who checked us out today. Um, I know that it means a lot to you. It means a lot to me. Uh, I'm sure it would mean a lot to, uh, to Ant as well. Uh, he's not, he's, he's not, he's not here for it, but uh, I'm sure that, you know, he, he would, he would care. I said he was he, getting he autographs at batting practice at the Phillies place right now. You know, Anthony, don't forget there was, hey, can you there was the time. Sign this there was the time. Don't forget though, there there was the the time that he went to the Pirates game, and then when he came back, yes. he was like, "Oh yeah, a guy ran into me, and he uh, he said, oh, are you Anthony Sanfilippo?" Now, does anybody believe that? I don't know, but uh, Anthony wants us to believe it, so we're we're gonna believe it because we care about the guy, and we hope that uh, he's well. I'm going to not hold it against him that he uh, he had himself a little bit of a fit in a text, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. Um, I want to show you something else really quick, Bundy, before we get out of here, and this I is the thing that does. I was. I was afraid to show this to you, but uh, I think it's okay now. We have acquired uh, an image of Anthony uh, and where he's at right now. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this over to our non-existent producer to uh, show this to the people. We we have located Anthony Sanfilippo. That is correct. We have found him. 
uh, here, here, here he is. There's an image of Anthony. He's uh, ready for the beach, ready for the beach there, Bundy. So uh, yeah, look there up. he is. There's Anthony. I'll tell you what, boy, he lost a lot of weight this week too, huh? He, he, he's been he's been hitting the gym look at that got to he looks he does he's look good. good he does look good yeah he yeah. does look good so uh all the best to anthony wherever he's at no he, apparently in anthony's Hopefully in clearwater right now and he's trying to sell that app to the phillies oh the trade app yeah, well, that's trade good. App. yeah so they're working together right now apparently it's revolutionary in the sports world and um i every gm should have one russ every gm should have one of those babies well, unfortunately, we well we do have an interim GM. We no longer have a president of Hockey Ops. I will once again ask people uh, as we head out here to uh, you know just hold on to those memories that you had with uh, Chuck as the GM of this team and as the president of this team, and hold hold those moments uh, close, hold them fondly. Don't cry because it's over. Be happy that it happened in the first place. And with that, thank you for checking out Snow the Goalie, the Only Flyers podcast. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.